Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It That, that Deep though? though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on oh anything, I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her <laughs> Hey everybody, we are back for episode eight. Checks notes. I know, I like, I have to look. <laughs> Episode eight of Is It That Deep Though? With Joy and Cynthia. I am so glad. Honestly, having a week off was nice. <laughs> I agree. I think especially it's nice to have this scheduled in and have it be structured, but sometimes life just gets in the way and you gotta, you need flexibility. So it was helpful. Yeah. The last time I had a podcast, it was like not hard to do. Maybe because I was like 2020. 20. And I, I didn't have much else going on. And now it's like, okay, so now my Thursdays are blocked off mm-hmm. after seven to record this. And by, you know, seven, I'm already like, like mm-hmm. tired. Cynthia has a lot of shit to do. She has to like stop working on her shit to record this. So I agree. Her time is more valuable than mine. So I got to thank you for your Everybody's time. Everybody's time is valuable. Mine's not that valuable. <laughs> I think, though, this has been a good, and I actually spoke with my supervisor today about just, like, really compartmentalizing myself. I can't even speak. Com- uh, compartmentalizing? Break- yeah, compartmentalizing, complementarizing. Um, yeah, I think it's, this is a good, like, hard break, because in another life, a.k.a. last year, a.k.a. maybe even six weeks ago, I would just continue to work with work. I probably will work after this. I actually need to, but it's nice to have a break. You know what I mean? Right. This is fun. Mm-hmm. The editing that comes with it is work, <laughs> but it's fun Thank too. You so much for doing that. Yeah, no. Again, I would just you know, press play. It's such a good feeling though when I'm editing and I'm laughing along. <laughs> <laughs> My, we are getting good plays, by the way. I don't know if you logged I in and know, looked. They I went did. up again. So our most popular really? episode by far is the adult friendships one. I've listened yeah. to it four times, so I've it's not all me. Multiple times too. So <laughs> maybe probably at least four. So eight to ten are from us. Yeah, but the other good. the other forty, that's y'all. Yeah. So we just gotta. I'm gonna insert applause here. Applause. Shout out to y'all. Uh, uh, uh. Shout out to y'all. That's the one I love the most because it's the funny. I just love my favorite part is it's not even the topic. It's what, it's where we talk about Gabrielle Union, <laughs> and I'm like, would you accept a man? And then I'm asking you like. Wait, so when does being a father start? And you're like, at conception. And I'm like, oh, uh, maybe not then. I don't know. I was like, can he send the check? I don't want to be involved in this. <laughs> and I 
ended up being like, never mind, I wouldn't take him. <laughs> and that's what Gabrielle said herself that she wouldn't if she had the chance. Exactly. It's fun yeah. moments where we can take pop culture and not even really talk about that, but talk mm-hmm. about us. Yes. With the pop culture. Yes. And then I think I like uh brought up something and I was like, I didn't even read the article. Let's move on. I know. <laughs> Life imitates art. That's exactly. <laughs> or art imitates life, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. very fun. So, uh, oh, we're supposed to talk about our weeks. Yes. Uh, how is your week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my week's been okay. It's been okay. I think one thing that's been happening for me is just like life, right? Like career and stuff. I'm almost like a third of the way done with my residency, which is wild. Like, I can't believe it. It's gone so quick. I've learned a lot. It's been a lot of stress, but I think one thing that's, it's been helpful for me is kind of thinking about like, it's very humbling. So I'll just say that it's been a very humbling week in the sense that like, it's really nice to be able to be in a field and a profession to help people, but also not think of myself as a savior. Cause I'm not. Oh Yeah. Absolutely not. You know, and sometimes I feel, especially working with the young kids that it's like, okay, I got to do this and this and this It's like, I see them an hour a week. There's 168 hours in a week, you know, and I see them for one of them. So it's not like I can come in and sweep. So it's been very humbling in that sense. It's got to be so much pressure when you have a job where you're like, my work is important. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Because I'm like, you probably you feel so much stress from your impact on people's lives, but also knowing that they are in dire need of assistance. You know, mm-hmm. she's a therapist. She's a therapist. If you didn't know. All right. I, on the other hand, my job does not matter and makes no may important. You help people get jobs. <laughs> Wait, is that not what you do? No, wait, let's not say the company. Okay, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. You're right, you're right. Well, my work is not important. I am a cog. So there is no pressure in my life related to my job Mm because I'm like, it does not affect anybody on any personal level. Like, obviously, it's collaborative. So it does affect people if I'm shitty at it. But like, base on a base level, it's not important. Mm -hmm. I'm not really doing much. I'm not changing the world or anything. I mean, but that's kind of how I've been humbled. Cause I think, especially when you're in grad school, you're not conditioned, but you learn all these different techniques and like the, mm-hmm. the system and stuff. So you learn like, wow, I'm an important part. And I got fired today by one of my patients where she was like, I don't need you anymore, essentially. And I was Isn't like, that what you want though? That is what you want. But I was like, I thought we were like this, like twin. I thought we were like, you know, I liked her. So I was like, you know, this is really good. And then when I logged up, I was like, damn, it's good. But it's like, you don't want to see me anymore? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's I never thought of it like that, that Mm -hmm. that therapists who get broken up with are like they feel like they've been broken up with that. They like are like, damn, I thought we had a good connection. With boundaries probably don't feel like that. They're probably like, okay, go on. my caseload's lighter. <laughs> but I was just like, dang, I like seeing her. <laughs> By the way, I was saying that I- I'm glad I have a low stress job. I don't want to be important. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like logging the fuck off and being like, delete. Like, I don't remember anything from work. I don't think about work when I log off. I live my life. I I do not care about this. Maybe someday I will want something that makes me feel like I have a purpose, but I do not find purpose in work in capitalism. Again, like I view jobs as like 
I didn't make it this way, but like while I'm on earth, I have to make money and provide output for some company or whatever so that they can thrive and be rich. And I just only make enough basically to like feed myself and maybe take a, a couple trips a year or whatever. Like, fine. I will work to live and drink water and whatever, but drink like <laughs> to sustain myself is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But like, you can't add on top of that, that I'm supposed to like find purpose in the shit. Like girl, like that's too much. You tell me I have to have a job and I have to find a job where I have purpose. And I also have to like the job. Like that's been like too much pressure on people. Like, let me just be happy that I have a job. Damn. I mean, that's, I mean, that's true. And sometimes I think that as well, when it's just like, I give too much of myself. So I've been learning about boundaries and that's something that's been helpful and keeping me humble this week for sure. Exactly. How's your week been? <laughs> you gave like that. How you doing? Like, how, little, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, I've been that seasonal allergies hit for three days. So uh. I was like on that Benny. Mm. It wasn't as strong. Usually it puts my ass to sleep. I but, know. Um, I was pretty tired. I am slowly getting my life back because just last week I got a car. Yes. The, the car died on me today at the coffee shop. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I literally had to call roadside assistance. They showed right. up an hour later and jumped it. Went and got the battery checked out at AutoZone. They're like, your battery's bad. Shit. I was like, uh, I just bought uh, uh. So now first thing tomorrow, I got to go like get a new battery. But I'm going to assume that after I do that, I'm good to go. So yes. There will be no more issues with said car. Yes. I like the car. It's cute. It's big. It's one of those where you push the button to start it, which push scares me. It's scary, though, because I'm like, what if I lose the key? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what if I like drop it? down my butt or something I don't know. like what if I like it falls in the crack of the car or something like what if like I don't know <laughs> my dad used to have a push to start car and we were so enamored by it it's in Nigeria now but it was really cool when we got it <laughs> it's in a better place <laughs> it's in a better place all the cars just go to Nigeria yeah other than that just like stressed I feel like this is the season because it's now fall winter mm-hmm. this is the season where i get anxious for no reason so everything can be fine and my brain will pick one thing and be like start thinking about all the ways that can go wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and like i will literally and I, I was like i know what you're doing you're stop i was like talking to the voices in my head like hey I know that I'm just freaking out over nothing. Mm-hmm. And the voice said, the voice said, anyways, like I was saying, <laughs> and I was like, it's like, oh, so you have a point there. Hmm. <laughs> like it was, but I mean, I don't, anyways, I'm, I'm fine tonight. Tonight mm-hmm. I am fine. And so with that, let us get into our pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're not really talking about celebrities this week um because that that's not interesting or fun to me anyways so i finally finished squid game i finished yes. it all in one day yes cynthia it took you like what a week or something it took me a week yeah because she has but a I life see what i said about time being valuable to some of us and not others <laughs> litmus test of if your time is valuable do you finish a whole show in one day and how often <laughs> i do this often 
<laughs> but I thought it was very good. Was I was surprised good. that I was able to get see. I was I'm very scared of like gore. Horror yeah. movies are not my tea. Yeah, my thing or whatever. But here's how you can watch horror movies or even a horror series without being too traumatized. So what you do is you pull up the recaps. Yep. If, it, if it's a movie, you pull up the plot synopsis. Mm-hmm. It will usually give you plenty of details that go along with the movie. Mm-hmm. And so as you're watching, most of us have an innate sense of, oh, somebody about to die. Oh, right. shit. Some, uh, something about to happen. So you pause it and you check your recaps. Yes. Or synopsis. My and you, language. And, yeah. Now you're talking my language. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the only thing is if you're like horribly like you hate spoilers, obviously that would spoil what happens. This is how I got through Game of Thrones. You think I watched the Red Wedding? Hell no, I don't want I don't watch that shit. I read what happened and I said, okay, bet. And I fast forwarded <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> I skipped all of that. <laughs> I was reading it like, oh, word. Oh, oh, she got, oh, damn. And I fast forwarded through all of it. Because like, anybody got time for that? I'm not trying to have these nightmares. Exactly. I did the same thing. Oh, you, I, did the, you did that with Squid Game? I did that with the spoilers. Yes. Wikipedia episode. They have the summaries. Before each episode, I was like, I just did a scan. Let me see, like, what's about to go, you know, so I had to, like, yeah. I thought Wikipedia, though, I don't know about, see, I've never looked at Wikipedia for oh. for a series, for episodes. Yeah. Because usually they don't go into depth on the episode, but you're saying they did for Squid Game. They didn't go into super depth, but enough where I knew who was, like, going to die. And things see, like I don't want to know who, like, I couldn't do that overall sweep because I don't want to go into the episode being like, okay, this person's about to die, this person, this oh. person. Oh, yeah. So let me keep an eye out for them because they're about to die. Like, I wouldn't want that big of a spoiler. But like, right. if I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, OK, something about to happen. Like, you know, the first episode where like people are getting shot. Like if I had I watched that for the yeah. first time, I wouldn't have exactly known when. So right. I would have checked the recap and then it would have been like people get shot. I would have been like, bet. I didn't even watch that scene at all. I literally oh. skipped all the way through it and read how it happened. And I was like cool <laughs> so like episode two is what the cookies yeah the cookie or like the candy thing yeah yeah i did the same thing there where i was like yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know as far as that like i did look at it but i didn't and i kind of was had an idea of what was going on but i didn't mm-hmm. know who was gonna die i didn't know the twist at the end um things like that but i liked having the comfort of knowing like okay, at any moment oh yeah let me tell you the marble scene don't even watch the uh, keep the 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 good recap near and dear to you honey Mm -hmm. because that i you know it probably did take some out of the emotion out of it for me because i didn't cry but i was also kind of i was working while i was watching which also helped it helped to take away my attention from too much of it obviously i could tell what was happening but i definitely the whole ali thing Mm -hmm. i was like because you never know in these kind of shows if they're going to mix violence with emotion. I know. So like when he's crying, cause he's like realized that he's just been played by his best friend. Yeah. I was like, are they going to show his head being blown off anyway? No. I don't think they did. Okay. I mean, I, eyes. I didn't look. See, yeah, none of I us, have known. Neither of us can confirm if they <laughs> <laughs> each Point time for him, for the girl, for the old man. I was yeah. like, Whoop. I know me too. 
I'm not, I don't need to see that. Cause I you, don't. this whole show is very, very much like people just getting shot and, mm-hmm. oh, I actually did watch a good chunk of that, the fight that night when they realized, oh, if we kill each other, we just get oh. the money immediately. I guess I kind of did too, but I was, it was kind of like, it was so chaotic. It was too much. It was a lot. I didn't watch all of it. Like my eyes were not glued to the screen, but I noticed, oh, I can watch people getting stabbed and be okay. Mm. <laughs> I can watch knife crime, but I can't watch oh, yeah. <laughs> knife crime. What's that Drake meme? <laughs> like oh. gun crime, mm. knife crime. Uh, like- <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. There were some hotties in the show, too. I thought the gang member was hot. Really? Okay, so I saw that so much. I didn't... I mean, he was good-looking, but I didn't think of him as, like, Ji-Yong. Or Ji-Han. The main, the main you character? Thought the, you thought the main character was hot? Yes. He looked yes. like a dad. Like a sad dad, though. No, he, was, he just needs some attention. He was... Oh, you kid. got a complex. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I just need some help. <laughs> I'm no, I don't like that. I, I thought like I like the police officer too. Oh, the police officer was hot. Song mm-hmm. Wu was hot. Mm-hmm. The front man was hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the girl was gorgeous. Sabiuk or whatever. Immediately, I mean, that's what I've noticed is every fan thinks that she's beautiful. Yeah. She's a model. That's why she, that's- in real life she is a huge model. Um, <clears throat> There were just multiple guys on the show I thought was hot. I will say my I my oh, the girl is my favorite character. Who is yours? Oh, Jihan, the main character, is my favorite. <laughs> you really just like see, he was so annoying to me. Really? He was perhaps my least favorite <gasps> character. Wow. I never really put a thought to it. I will say the person I thought needed the money the least was Ali. Cause yeah. I'm like. Bitch, you just got a bunch of money that you stole from your boss and you already sent your family off. Just go with them. Like, right. that wasn't enough money for all y'all to go. I know. I was about to say, what happened to all that money? Like He gave them the money. I mean, maybe it was just enough for two flights. Mm. But I was like, just go with them. I don't know. I was like, go you don't need... Or just get another... It wasn't worth all that. It wasn't it's... worth dying exactly. over marbles. Yeah. He, his situation seemed the least desperate to me. I was yeah. like, yeah, he didn't need to win mm-hmm. the money. Um, In the beginning, though, didn't they say that multiple people could win, right? Yeah. That's why they all played, because they were like, oh, shit many of us can win right then as you get through the episodes it's very clear oh they're only gonna let one person win Mm -hmm. because they keep setting them up to kill each other if there's too many people like Mm -hmm. even the final three when they left them with those steak knives it's like they don't want two winners they're like no one of y'all needs to go now tonight Mm -hmm. and every time someone dies the money gets bigger because each dead person is like a hundred million yeah but i just assume that I just assumed that they were like, you could potentially win like 48 billion or 45.6 billion won. Yeah. Potentially, if there's only one winner. But if mm-hmm. there are multiple winners, you'll just win less. Like, right. Um, yeah, I didn't like Gi-Hoon because to me, I was like, he's not understanding this game and it's very annoying. He's just because I mean, I mean, Song Wu to me isn't even evil. To me, he just he understood. Realistic. He understood the the assignment. Yeah, <laughs> he realized from the jump some of these motherfuckers gonna have to die. So I think when they were playing the cookie game, when he was gonna say something to Giyun, I think he was gonna tell them, "Wait, the umbrella is gonna be the worst one." Yeah, but he was like, "Nah, 
I mean, it's somebody's gonna have to die. Like, I can't give you everything. So I'm just gonna say there's so many strangers at that point. Like, you're not gonna at least your friend from childhood, you're not gonna help him. Like, you know, screw over a stranger, but your friend. I think it was just, I mean, see, the thing is, at that point, they had just formed this alliance. Yeah. But it wasn't like that yet. Like, this is still somebody he hadn't talked to probably in like 20 plus. They're in their like 40s. They're late 40s. They haven't talked since they were like kids or something. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel so close to him that I need to stop him and explain to him, hey, actually, what I just said about a spreading out, screw that, come in my line. It's like too much. It's like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't even exactly. Although the games they're playing are games that are well known. So it's it's just that he was the only one who knew about the sugar. Mm -hmm. So he had an inkling of what the game could be, but nobody else had any idea it was going to even have anything to do with cookies. But um, I mean, with the Ali thing, dude, one of us, he immediately, some people might say he was heartless, but as soon as he learned like, oh, it's us against each other, he was like, yeah, we don't have a choice. Like, mm-hmm. he's the only one who understood we are literally here because somebody, a YouTuber I, I follow said, you have to be the perfect mixture of suicidal and homicidal to be good at this game. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You have to be willing, like you're here because you're willing to die, mm-hmm. but also you're willing to do what it takes to win, which means other people have to die. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by the time he killed my girl, Sabiuk or whatever, like that was, I think, I think it had just infested his brain a little bit of like, cause he didn't need to do that. She was going to die anyway, but then he does bring up a point of like, what if those guards had come and then you and Sabiuk decided to like mm. bow out because the rule is if the majority says we want to stop, right. then everything stops and nobody can win the money. Right. So he was scared that if they came in that mm. Giyun and Sabiuk would be like, we want to stop the game and he would have no money. So it yeah. was like, she's dying anyway. Like, like he Ooh. understood, like, it's like, I mean, he had the worst odds in life. If you really think about it, like, I mean, some of them had gangsters chasing them. His mom's not only his life, but his mom's livelihood. Like he was going to be going to prison. Mm-hmm. He owed like 6 billion in one or whatever. His mom's shop. Yeah. was up for sale like he really was like he didn't just want to kill himself and be like leaving his mom with all of that debt and mm-hmm. dishonor he was like this is the only way to fix everything and so mm-hmm. even in epi- the last episode where he was like he just you know he stabbed his own neck yeah because he was like this idiot is still trying to give up the money I yeah. was like dude if this dude doesn't just step on that last plate like when he was <laughs> When he was literally like, what if we both quit right now? Can we leave? I was like, so 454 people died and you would just walk away with no money. Uh, I think like the, I think just that moral aspect, like, am I going to kill somebody? But see, that's what doesn't make any sense to me, though. It's like, he he was going to kill him anyway, remember? And the girl stopped him, was like, this isn't you. Mm -hmm. And then when he was going to win the game, technically you're not pulling the trigger. That's just how the game goes. He tried, he was going to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the way it ended because at least in this way, Song Wu was able to say, take care of my mother. Right. So at the end, it's not like, oh, I just, all these people had to die and I get the money. It's like, and I have their wishes to carry out mm-hmm. so that it's like, so in their death, like what they were trying to get accomplished can still happen. Right. 
Right. It's just really, I was sitting thinking like, it's kind of just who thinks of this, you know, it's like very, complex, <laughs> it's very good, but it's like kind of fucked up. And just even like the, the, the larger premise, like this old rich man created these games because he was bored and he just wanted something to entertain himself because he was so rich that nothing he could buy and nothing he could do could bring him any joy in life. Yeah, but that's not original though. That's like the Hunger Games. That's, yeah. isn't that like The Purge? Like there are other shows I think I've heard I heard it's like kind of like inspired by Battle Royale, which I have not seen yet. I but haven't seen because I heard it's gruesome. Yeah, there are multiple movies that or books even that like do this idea of like this upper class society that is so rich that they view human beings as like toys mm-hmm. that they can just play with or whatever being that rich though i mean i guess i never will yo it just it makes me think of like the jeff bezos bezos yeah. is in like bezos, it, bezos. <laughs> <laughs> because that's real shit though when you have so much money that you like you're great 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 grandchildren will never have to work you make millions in your sleep anything you want is at your disposal you have witnessed that you can make humans do anything if you Mm -hmm. dangle enough money in front of them doesn't life eventually just become meaningless because it's like every day of my life i go wherever i want i eat whatever i want i can sleep with whoever i want there is nothing unattainable to me because I have many billions of dollars. Then fix world hunger. Do something to help people. Like, see, I mean, but uh, I think to even attain that much money, you are not that kind of person. Yeah, I guess. Because that blows my mind. All the starving poor people in Korea, you have all this money and you're going to spend it to build this huge thing on this island where people can kill themselves for over 20 years. Right. And people are still in debt. And but the point themselves. is, you are able to amass that much because the people who work at all the levels below you, you're underpaying them. Yeah. yeah. You think Amazon workers, their benefits are shit. Like yeah. their working conditions are horrible. Terrible. He could easily be paying them way more, but then he wouldn't have these hundreds of billions of dollars that he has. Right. So somebody who has that much off. money would not be the kind of person who's like, let me just use 20 of that billion to 20 billion to like uh, end world hunger. Cause they, they could they're not even helping the people who work for them why would they help Mm -hmm. other people who have nothing to do with them you know like dolly parton could be Mm -hmm. a billionaire but she gives so much of her money away Mm -hmm. but it's also because like i think just probably she has the idea of like what is the point of being a billionaire like i don't i mean you know they say like once you get to a certain amount of money anything above that is just extra like yeah you're already comfortable Right. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm nowhere near that at all <laughs> at all, but I feel like, wow, I can pay my bills. I can pay my rent and I have leftover. I don't, wow, life's good. You know, and I, I don't even make six figures nowhere close. So I can't even imagine someone who is like a billionaire. Like it's just, man. Yeah. And I want to say uh, my last piece is yeah. when Songwoo in that episode with the glass bridges pushed that guy, it needed to happen. Oh, we, we he pushed that pastor, right? No. Oh, the other guy, the 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 glass guy, guy the yeah. glass yeah. warehouse dude. It needed yeah. to happen. They had twenty <laughs> seconds on the clock. Be realistic, people. Yeah, I was like, "What you? I mean, you should be glad he did that. Like, y'all yeah, were about no, to did. die, and you had twenty seconds on the clock, and this dude is still kind of like, it's it's pitch black, dude. You can't tell. You need yeah. to pick one. Like, sorry, 
How did you feel about the way that Han Mincio, I don't know, the lady and the gangster died when she, I, I saw that coming because when she told him, if you betray me, I'll kill you. I was like, there, oh. this is gonna, something's going to call back to that. She's going to kill him. I mean, with all my spoiling, I did not catch that. So when that happened, I was like, Loki, it's what he deserved. I was glad that it happened. I will say I, I read ahead to that part. Oh, for real? <laughs> because... I also hated her too. So I was kind of glad that she was gone. And I'm glad she took him down with her. Yeah, I never liked her. Um, him. That voice was just ugh, so annoying. Oh, yeah. I didn't listen. Cynthia listened to the English dubbed version and I watched the the English subtitles with yeah, the Korean language. I mean, I've just I've watched things. I used to I've dabbled in anime and some stuff. So Good. it's just better when us. they keep it in the natural language and you just read. But right. I have subtitles on all the time anyway. So I'm used to like reading while I mm-hmm. listen. But yeah, so that was how I felt. I mean, I'm just mad that Kiyun, especially at the end, this is why he's my least favorite. He could have gone on a plane to see that his daughter and too. he turned around. That pissed me off. I think that's his Hamarsha, his fatal flaw, that he will always just choose something. He'll make a decision that'll serve his moral integrity in a sense, but not be like the smart decision to make. Like he shouldn't have decided to go back and stop the whole good game from happening. Probably why doesn't being a good dad, why isn't that higher on his moral I register? Know. That's morals. He has a daughter. He has let down her uh, whole life. And he finally hierarchy is probably not where it should be. I mean, to my, to my from my perspective. He couldn't have gone to L.A. for a week and then come back and right. like started drawing. Yeah, it's once a year. I mean, well, it was like a year later. So it's like, I guess he was like, I got to move now or I have to wait another year. Take another year. I mean, damn. <laughs> like, you, feel, you feel good? Like disappointing your daughter like that? Like, like what is your plan? I just I was like, man, fuck this guy. Like that was annoying. Got that tacky ass haircut. I didn't like that. It was too right. I was like, babe, it was supposed to be funny. And, you know, there's like a meaning behind it. Yeah, uh, I watched all the analysis videos. Me too. <laughs> this shit is interesting, though. I love a show like this. I mean, it's like shows like this Game of Thrones where you can literally just dive deep into mm-hmm. the meanings and people on YouTube and Reddit love to go down the wormhole of like this symbolized this and this foreshadowed this. And, oh, did you know if you had just watched the walls, you could have predicted all the games they were going to play because they were all on the walls. And I, I was know. like... They have this theory that Ilnam, the old man, was never going to die. Yeah, because he was because, a part of the games. Yeah, like apparently in the first game, the red light, green light one, mm-hmm. he was never picked up by the sensor. Yeah, it's and I saw like in the clips, like he wasn't like the infrared sensor. Never. Picked so he up. was. Yeah, he was never going to get shot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cookie one. I don't see. That's what's hard. Is like, so yeah, what about the tug of war one? They said that like he didn't have um, the locks on his wrists because they were all locked up together. But his mm-hmm. like whatever handcuffs didn't have the locks on it. So he could let go at any point if his team was going to lose. But they were the second group picked. Actually. So he would have just let go and then stepped out of the way in time. Yeah. And then everybody else watch watching would oh. have. Oh, true. What would they have explained to everybody? Maybe they would have just killed everyone. No, <laughs> <Don't> do that. <laughs> it was gonna give up. I mean, this. 
I guess that's why it's one of those things where it's like when you look back, it's like eh, maybe that plot twist maybe. didn't make 100 percent sense. Right. I mean, I guess the marbles was probably his best bet to go because who was going to watch him get shot? No one. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would have just. Well, I don't know, actually, because with the marbles one, they were just like that was um, the opportunity for him to like step out of the game and like be like, OK, cool. I was there. But with the tug of war one. I don't know. Maybe they would have turned off all the lights and something and just like swooped and got him. And Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like one of those things where I'm like, would they have pulled out like a trampoline for him when he fell <laughs> or like a soft mat so he could fall <laughs> safely? And then something where it's like, oh, we thought he died. And it's like, no, he didn't. Somebody caught him actually when he fell. Or, I don't know. They, he would pretend to have like a heart attack or something because he was so old. And then the people will come with that casket and just come and carry him away. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's also like he was never going to play that glass bridge game because how right. is he going to he was never going to he was never going to do that one. So he must have had a plan like, yeah, this will be my stop because as we saw, he doesn't really have dementia. Right. So he willingly was like bowing out at that point. Like, mm-hmm. here you go, dude. But I I mean, I mean, anyways, let's just stop. Like, yeah, I, know. Into- I feel like I don't know how long we talked about it, but this has been Squid Games. It's been like hour. 30 minutes. <laughs> I also wanted to quickly go on a, a mini Real Housewives. Um, let's let's discuss. So, Cynthia, okay. you don't watch these. Um, I don't. So I'm not sure. I, does it not do colorism? No. Yes. Okay. Maybe a little okay. bit. OK, first of all, I was I wasn't going to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but let me just say something real quick, because Reunion Part One came on last night eh. and I watched it today. I don't like the way these white women talk to Garcelle at is, all. Uh, is she the Asian one? You don't know who Garcelle Beauvais is? No. She was fancy on the Jamie Foxx show. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to cut this out. You're embarrassing us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Garcelle Beauvais. <clears throat> oh, she, I didn't know her name at all. I've seen her face. I didn't yeah. Know her name. She's the first black woman to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, OK. And the way they talk to her is like she is a fucking child. Like the way the Dorit has said to her, do you understand and like enunciated words at her like she's like mentally incapable of understanding english or something i'm like does this who the is she talking to like it makes me it makes me so heated and garcelle and this is probably because she doesn't want to like fall into the whole angry black woman stereotype that they're trying to paint her as anyways right right. already called her a bully when she doesn't do anything but that they don't do she throws shade in the confessionals, everybody does that. Right. That is not a bully. Oh, she says funny things like, oh yeah, Dorit's long-winded. Little things like that, like those aren't jabs. She's not a bully, but they are painting this narrative of Garcelle is so mean and she's a bully and she mm. is just rude. And she, but it, all this shit that I'm like, oh my gosh, she literally does what y'all do. But when she does it, sorry, it's hitting close to home because yeah. I've gone through something similar where I'm yes. like, so me, the black friend who when I do what y'all do, I'm I'm the one who's bad. But when y'all right. do it, it's OK. And you understand each other. Oh, OK. So I don't like that. I don't like the way they talk to her. Mm-hmm. You, this clip is like running around on Twitter and it was on the reunion where three literally yells at her like, let me finish Garcelle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who does this bitch think she is talking to? Are, Are you serious? Because she's an actual like star. I don't I don't. It literally is just racism. Yeah, that's like you don't want to run. You don't want to run to that. 
But I'm like, when you when you talk to the black one differently than you've ever talked to anybody else on this show, Mm -hmm. you feel like you can scream at her and she cannot do that to you because then you would be like, see, she's angry. But you can do that to her and she just has to be quiet and take it. Like even the fact that you would do that to a grown ass woman and the way she says things like, do you understand? I hate that. It's like, I wouldn't see. And this is, Garcelle is almost, it's bothering me that she is not giving it to these bitches enough because I'm like, (laughs) who who do you think you're talking? I would literally be like, oh, okay. You took it there. Let's go there. I wasn't going to act out of character, but. Do you know who you're talking to? Like, right. she needs to be going off on these women and she needs to choose violence and she's not doing it. And mm-hmm. it's just bothersome to me. Anyways, that was part one of four episodes, four episodes for the reunion. Oh. So I don't know if they're going to continue with that. Garcelle has said she's not sure if she's going to return to the show. Mm-hmm. I say, unless they give her an ally, somebody who's black, preferably, to be in there with her in the Mm -hmm. trenches, talking to these women the way, like giving it back to them. I don't want to see her return because I am tired Mm -hmm. of watching them talk to her the way they do. And she just has to take it and be like, oh, okay. Like, it's not cool. I just can't stand it. It makes my blood boil because Mm -hmm. I'm like, these women, the way they talk to her, it's not okay. Anyways, Moving on. The Real Housewives of Potomac debate that's currently happening. Um, you don't watch the show. I've told you you should get into it. But I know. There's this idea, this issue of colorism on the show. You know, right. Candace Dillard Bassett. Um, mm-hmm. She is the one that most people feel the most emotionally about. People really dislike her or they really like her. So mm-hmm. the people who really like her think that she does nothing wrong and that if you don't like her, you're colorist. And it's because she's was born rich and she's has dark skin that I don't even follow that logic. But because to me, I'm like, most of us who don't like Candace don't like Mia either. (laughs) We don't like Giselle. We don't like Robin. Like, we don't like any of the lighter skinned women, but we can't not like Candace either. Candace is a total bitch, okay? She's very mean and she hits below the belt a lot. And she's gorgeous, but she, and she comes from this pageant background. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why. Whenever she wants to insult people, she goes for their looks. Mm. So she like called Ashley, who had just had a baby. She called her wide bodied. She's always calling her forehead. She talks about Mia having big feet, big hands. Like she's one of those people that I'm like, did your mom do this to you? Is that why you come at people for not looking perfect? Like, it's interesting to me that the pageant queen who wears like no less than like five layers of makeup and lashes no matter what the scene they're shooting is, who has to look perfect all the time is what I'm saying, comes at people for not looking perfect. Like that's the jab that you can give. I don't like that. I don't like that she, I get, and you know, again, I think I said this before and I might've cut it out of the episode. The different Housewives franchises have different vibes. Yes. The ones with the black women tend to be mean. They throw shade directly they are constantly insinuating that their husbands are cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. They're constantly talking shit about each other to their faces behind their backs and the confessionals. It doesn't feel like they are really friends. And that's why I think both series are like in danger because mm-hmm. I don't believe any of these women actually even like each other. Whereas the white shows, I believe that they're friends and like each other, 
but they're super fucking fake and don't call each other out when they need to be called out. And they're very clicky and problematic and they're annoying in their own way. Mm-hmm. But it can just be hard to watch Potomac when Candace can be so mean. <laughs> and it, it, it's, I don't know. I just, that's how I feel. I just wanted to quickly point out that some of us can dislike Candace and just be like, no, because she's mean and says awful things. Mm-hmm. Nobody else digs as deep as she does. And if you want to bring up Ashley, most of us don't really like her either. But at least Ashley seems to have some redeeming qualities. Um, her husband's gross. He's he's like grabbing people's butts on the show and they haven't fired him. Yeah, he actually was like sued for sexual assault. So honestly, if if they fired her and replaced her, I'd be fine with that. Like, cool. I don't I wouldn't miss her. But at least when Ashley is awful, it's because she's just being messy. And that comes into play when I feel like she's trying to do her job. Mm -hmm. She understands the show is conflict. So let me bring conflict. But I never see her. Anyways, let me just drop it because I haven't even seen all the seasons. Somebody's (laughs) going to say she does hit below the belt. She has said mean things. And I'll agree with you. But Candace, it's just like something is wrong. Like the way that she comes at people, it's like you can't possibly think it's okay to talk to people like this. Like Mm -hmm. even her husband is constantly grabbing her and lifting her out of the room. Like calm down. You are getting way too this is too much like and the other women notice it i don't know what i think it's like a trigger like i will never say that she starts shit with people if somebody does something to her that she's offended by she immediately goes for the jugular and that's the problem that i have is like you don't need to go that hard every time you're offended by someone like you need to work on that actively i don't know if she's doing it for entertainment for the show right or if she actively is like this in real life and she's trying to be this singer and i'm like there are a lot of people on social media saying they will never listen to your music just because they don't like you on the show so maybe you should work on that and wow. scene <laughs> i'm like looking all of all of this because your passion for it every single time i talk to you about it is just so much they all look light skin though except wendy so Candace is not light skinned. Okay, maybe they, uh, oh, this picture is just really Robin, Karen, uh, Giselle, and Ashley are all fair skinned. Mia, the new addition, is fair skinned as well. Um, Wendy and Candace are dark skinned. I guess this is just a really bright picture. And also, people like Wendy this year. Last year, they tried to claim colorism about Wendy too, but to me, Wendy colorist. No, they were saying that people didn't like her because she's dark skinned. Oh, but she came in to I didn't like her either. But I think this is also because I watch I mean, I watch equal. I watch two white uh, white franchises. I watch two black ones to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come in your first season and just get to know everybody. Just Mm -hmm. chill, like get to know everybody. And if somebody tries you, give them what they ask for, because that's the show. Right. right? But like things. No, she just came too quickly being the two light-skinned ones with the green eyes. We call them the green-eyed bandits. She came in too hot and heavy on their side on shit. She didn't even know what she was talking about. Like she came and then when Monique got in the fight with Candace, she was too heavy on the hate train for Monique. And I was like, bitch, you just got here. Like, you don't know the history. Just chill. Like, just get to know everybody. Film with everybody. And then, like, and the shit that she got into it with Ashley about was even dumb. It was like, are you doing this? Because, and that's why the shows can be hard to watch. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. when these women fight, I'm like, are you actually even mad about this? Or are you just trying to follow a formula? 
Right. Because they need to, to stay on that show. Exactly. Get that, that income. If you don't fight and argue immediately, you're going to be boring and they're going to fire you. So you right. need to immediately blow things out of proportion and start fighting and start trying to come up with quotables. And it's just a lot. So yeah, I didn't like Wendy last year. And this year, I like her more. I like her more. Yeah. She's fine. She got her boobs done and she's feeling herself. That's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. So that is my Real Housewives rant. Rant of me. And one day, hopefully, Cynthia will join. I know. There's so much stuff I need to catch up on and just in life. This is what I mean. Your time is too valuable. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic today, I titled it Towing the Lines of Cultural Appropriation. Mm, towing. So towing. <laughs> so for me, I think this was a very interesting week of different white women uh, being <sighs> in my forefront for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So JoJo just put out her album. Mm -hmm. And that was honestly, it's probably still going to be my deep think, is that her album called Trying, or it's not an album, it's an EP, called Trying Not to Think About It is so good. And she came up because um, in conjunction with her putting out music, this other singer who is a white woman, Mm-hmm doesn't seem to want to be one though mm. um named jesse nelson i believe yep um she premiered a new song and i wasn't trying to listen to it or watch the video but it just kept popping up on twitter and in the media Nicki minaj is on the song you know apparently it samples bad boy bad boys for life the p diddy song yeah uh, he's in the video Amazing that she got the sample cleared, that she got him in the video, and then she got Nikki. I was like, her label really believed that this song was going to do numbers, and it right. didn't. It was it's not good. All. No, it wasn't. And so comparing those two, like this YouTuber I watched called Impressive, the Impressive mm -hmm. channel, she talked about how, like, so you can be influenced by Black culture and, like, want to make songs that, I don't know if I want to say cater to Black people, but... <laughs> When you think of like somebody who like, you know, mm -hmm. our community is like, oh, okay. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was saying like, look at Jojo. Jojo right. sings R&B, but you look at her. She still looks like a white woman. Like exactly. You will never see her going overly tan, wearing a kinky curly wig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she doesn't get her lips done. Like she's very much like, yes, I am a white woman and I am soulful as shit. That is my thing. That's what I do. Right. I respect the culture, but I know my place is not, you know, I'm not trying to take from it. Right. Because right. I'm secure in me as a white woman being a white woman. -ing. Right. Even her song, What You Need in the video for it, when she's dancing and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, Jojo can dance. But like, again, she wasn't, nothing in that video felt like it was appropriating. It was like, you know, just going with it in her respectful way. Whereas Jesse, in the, did you watch the boys video? I did. Yes. How did you how did you feel? Well, it was definitely her using black people as props. Like she had mm -hmm. all these different like costume changes. And then she mm -hmm. would be standing there with like these. Maybe some of the guys were mixed. I don't know. But like black guys and just like posing with them. And mm -hmm. it was just very it was a caricature is yes. what it was. A black When culture. she's on like the low riding bike. Yes. The neighborhood. I was did like, you even have that in England or Essex you, or wherever she's from. You took the words right out of my mouth. Okay. It's like, do they do this where you're from? Right. This is not. Y'all eat beans on toast. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if they do that on the tube. 
they i was like some of the the clothes she's even wearing i'm like that's not even from me that's not even that's not even like a sixers jersey or some type of jersey or whatever it's like do y'all have basketball i'm like is this even black english culture (laughs) you're just straight up pretending to be like black american yes what and the kinky curly wig i was like you know she what she has said she's like my skin is like naturally I tan really easily and like I get even darker than Leanne when I tan like I just get really dark and like my hair is naturally curly so and I'm like but that was not your hair that wasn't your hair that was a kinky curly wig that was not curls the way she looked before when she was not even like before before Mm -hmm. but like maybe a year ago when she was in little mix in the group or whatever with that white that blonde not the blonde but the the luxurious white woman wig i'm like yes yeah stay there right the funny thing is if she hadn't tanned or darkened her skin so much kept it to like a light believable tan right and had that same silky white woman hair texture and then maybe took out you know some of the bandanas and the <laughs> the grills the sink faces the low riding bikes there's nothing wrong necessarily with the song right you can it be terrible but no, it-, it was bad that's not what i meant <laughs> i meant I meant there's nothing problematic about the actual song mm. you can sing the song but if you trying to put on this costume yeah. and act like you are a part of this culture that you're not, mm-hmm. if you can still be your white woman self within, not within the culture, but I mean, I don't. Also, can we just say that the whole idea of like, I like bad boys and if he ain't got tattoos, I'm like, Destiny's Childs did that like 15 right. years ago. Right. If your status ain't good, I ain't checking for a better. You know, what if she sampled that? Girl, like, <sighs> I mean, actually, uh, Beyonce would have never let her do that. I know. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I also think there was a lyric in there where it was just something about like wanting a hood guy or wanting to be hood, but I know that that's taboo. It's like, oh, so you do know it's taboo. Why is it taboo? <laughs> if you're part of the community, it's not taboo because it's your community. <laughs> What do you mean? With that? So, 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 uh, you, so you admit it? Think you're really pretty. It. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, and I, but, think, and, but like, yeah, to go off of what you were saying, exactly. Like, I was familiar with Little Mix from when they were on X Factor because you know I was in One mm-hmm. Direction. It was around the same area of time. Oh yeah. And she like, and I've heard a lot of things about her time during there. Like, she was concerned about body image because she was quote unquote like the bigger girl in the group and all that type of stuff. But she and she did have curly hair, but it was clear that she plumped her lips up and that she mm-hmm. has just gotten tanner and tanner and tanner as time has gone on. And to just, I was so it did not make any sense because the her career trajectory just it was clear that this was just you is like a ploy like a shock factor thing to push her solo career into a place where she could be a solidified solo artist the video yeah the video and this whole like being super black fishy thing because she's been like on this end she's been like creeping towards this end for Mm -hmm. years now but for it to just be like it's like okay i think part of this was for shock factor too to get a response and people mm-hmm. to be aware that oh, okay jesse nelson's a solo artist because who knew of her that's this, interesting really. so a little mix fan so i was not a little mix fan but i knew of this because i'm nosy so <laughs> twitter will make random people the headline or whatever and i'll just i again i don't have valuable time so i'll just read and i so i read when a year ago she left the group i read and i was like oh who is this who are these people oh okay they're british whatever mm-hmm. and her saying like 
I've been so depressed because of this group and everybody hates me because I'm not like them or whatever. I never even knew until like recently what she actually used to look like. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with the surgeries. Like I don't care about the filler, the lip filler, the cheeks, the Botox, the new nose. Literally everything. uh, Whatever boob job, whatever she got done, whatever uh, liposuctions to get the body that she feels people will like more. I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't even think she looks bad. I just think the kinky curly wig and the dark skin and the mm-hmm. bandana and the basketball shorts and the I know. I'm like, that's not you. That's not that's, you. It clearly isn't. That's not you in a way that's offensive to other people. Like those lips aren't you, but that's you. Like, do you, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like this kinky curly wig, like, what are you doing? Like, that's not your hair texture. It doesn't no, look not. good on you. Like, no, it's it like doesn't. she's trying to cosplay as like Lil' Kim or something. Like, yeah. I was looking at her like, you don't look good like this. Like, you very much look like, and to even give the excuse of, I've always loved Black culture and I've always been influenced by it. And sure. so... I've always nice. loved like fucking Korean culture, Latin culture. You don't see me try to put on clothes to or like act mm-hmm. like like that's what that's so, the difference. Why is it when it's like black culture, it's like so I can be in this too. So I can just kind of look like y'all and get whatever good things comes from kind of looking like y'all. Like mm-hmm. that's what I I can't stand about it. Um, I kind of wanted to go through different levels of this. So mm. the first level to me is like actual like appreciation where you're like influenced right like you are not actually trying to take anything mm-hmm. so to me that's like jojo mm-hmm. i would maybe say adele yeah i almost want to say justin timberlake but didn't he have cornrows at some point yeah and then the whole janet jackson thing uh no that's 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 beside the point though that's really that's a, that's a whole other thing okay that doesn't have to do with appropriation Hmm. I'm trying to reference I, white singers who are clearly right, influenced right. by like black culture. Right. That's like a satellite of the bigger issue with him. But yeah, no, he sucks. I'm not saying <laughs> these are great people. I call them the soulful whites. I guess see, I can't even say I can't even say Robin Thicke because like he's a creep. He's a creep. He, like yeah. you can't really say white men. I guess John B. But that's before my time. I don't know. him. Oh, yeah, that was I remember seeing him on Sister Sister. I was like, dang. Oh, what? Sister, sister. (laughs) It was funny. Um, Yeah, I know. Would would you say Sam Smith? Sam Smith. Yes. How about that? Sam Smith. These are people who you can tell that they are influenced. I see. I don't even know Sam Smith enough to say for sure he's influenced. But like, we're like, I mean, to me, it's like these are the white people where usually like, oh, they can come to the cookout because they respect the culture, right? And we are impressed by what they can do that is clearly inspired by us and mm-hmm. the culture. But they would never be like, cool, this is my culture too. I can say the N-word. I can do what I want. Oh, I mean, Adele did have her thing with the Bantu knots. We're going to let that fly. We're going we to let that go. Because she, she probably learned quickly right after. I really hope so. See, to me, because this woman stood in front of the... It's not Academy Awards. What was it? The Grammys. Mm-hmm. And literally told them this award right. belongs to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you guys are ignoring her for this album mm-hmm. of the year award. She deserves it. Because she did that. She can't be an appropriator to me. Because <laughs> because to me, 
resolved. She stood on the one of the grandest stages and said, this should go to a black person. Mm-hmm. Appropriators don't do that. They say, OK, thank you. Yeah, this was or they're me. like, I texted Kendrick after. Isn't that what Michael Mack or Macklemore, whatever his name is, said? I she texted said, Kendrick after. She said, thank y'all for the award. I wanted to thank my manager, my manager, my agent, my, my, my girlfriend, my this, my that. And then afterward on Twitter was like, oh, shit, they're mad. Let me just shoot off a quick text to Kendrick so I can screenshot it and post it. That was bullshit. That was the trashiest thing. All I've ever wanted is for one of them to just point out the obvious, like, y'all are just not giving this to Black people, huh? And so the fact that Adele stood on that stage and then even in the press conference and said it again, like, I was so inspired by Beyonce, me and my girlfriends and my Black girlfriends are very much impacted by what she's done. And the fact Mm -hmm. that she still doesn't have this, like, what the hell, like, so that cancels out the Bantu knots to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, that's the level where I'm like, okay, influenced by, but respectful. And then there is the Ariana Grande. And I would, I guess I lumped Iggy Azalea into this yeah. level where it's like, okay, you are, you're cutting it. You're kind of making me, it's a side-eyeing level. Cause I, I got to look at you through the, the side of my eye now. Like, right. Like something I, here doesn't seem cor- doesn't seem correct. Yes, I think Bieber would also kind of float in there. You think so? See, but why? So I think these are also people who they're you give them the side eye, but it seems like all of these. The one thing that they all have in common is they have a black co-signer. Like if it's Ariana, it's like people who write with her and her writing team. Iggy, it was Ti. Justin has what's this little boy's name or not even that boy who he used to run with but Usher and like people I think these are people who have a co-signer who's black but what is he doing that you feel like is like oh you're trying to be black or you're changing something about yourself to be more ethnic Justin Bieber I yeah what is he doing I think it's like like the type of music that he's like he's putting out and the fact he's like I only want to do R&B music from now on like I only want my music to be considered R&B but why can't he do R&B <laughs> There's just something about Justin. Justin Timberlake's been doing R&B for like 20 years. Right, but you think, I don't think Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake are the same when it comes to their, how they foray into black culture. Like Justin Bieber, I feel like, I feel like I'm not saying that he is as bad. He's not a black fishing, of course, but there's something about you, like, and I don't know. I just feel my spirit. I feel it. He's on the list because... I couldn't put him in the music category because to me, I'm like, the only thing I can think of is people being like, he said that his music should be considered R&B. And I'm like, so the fuck what? Like, he's not saying the N word. He's not talking about how he should be able to. He hasn't darkened his skin. He got rid of those dreads. Once people said, hey, cut that shit out. He cut him out. (laughs) Seems like he's learning every day. Ariana Grande, right? What? So what's the difference between him and Ariana Grande? Ariana Grande don't look like that. <laughs> uh, She's been darkening her skin for like the past 10 years. And people been looking at her like, right. girl, wasn't this you on uh, iCarly or uh, Victorious? But this so the pale difference is that Justin Italian stopped girl? with the dreads. That's the difference. And she hasn't stopped darkening her well, skin. Well, first of all, stopped. I think the dreads was literally like just a few weeks, like a hairstyle he tried that people were like, um, no, that's wrong. And he was like, oh and cut it off she has been darkening her skin to be this dark tan to give off this ethnic ethnic i always get ethnically and ethically confused 
ethically <laughs> ethically <laughs> ethnically ambiguous figure because especially with women like you won't really see white dudes trying to be ethnically ambiguous right which is a big difference but white with dudes don't do that with women though it's like from all sorts of lanes from the kardashians to the musicians mm-hmm. it's like the more you look like you could be mixed with black the more you can attract different types of people to your music mm-hmm. and to your fan base and so the fact that she looks like how she she's pale as shit pale as fuck on i want to say a carly on victorious right and i would understand she was because even when she came out with her first like single the way or whatever she wasn't that pale there she like started you know tanning a little bit more but to the level where she is at now where like there are some photos of her where she is straight up like a bronze statue like super (laughs) dark and then has now changed and updated her sound along with that to where like, you know, not just Seven Rings, but this latest album right. where I literally listened to it and was I heard a song from it from like on TikTok or something, the 16, the, or the oh, position. 34s. So it's the position song. Oh, okay, yeah. It was that quick snippet from it. And I did not know it was her. Mm-hmm. I thought it was somebody ethnic ethnically ambiguous i literally was like this sounds like a light-skinned curly like a danny lay type of <laughs> so i was like this has to be somebody like danny lay or like whoever right, because yeah. or maybe a black woman like it's not the kind of music that ariana grande is known for that she would think of because now it's more of an r&b pop feel it's the look mixed with the music that to me makes her in the side eye category not where i'm like you're wrong for this and I don't like it and you need to change it. But where I'm like, something about this feels like Mm. you're about to step on a line where I I don't, there's something weird about this. Whereas with Justin- with Justin Bieber, because the physical look isn't in it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he also doesn't wear chains. He doesn't wear a bunch of grills everywhere whenever he performs. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try to put on this thug persona anymore. Granted, he used to suck as a person. Like, he's been caught saying the N-word before. Like, he's not, he hasn't been perfect. Right. But I'm, to me, I feel like the person he's been in the past couple of years mm-hmm. has shown, and he has apologized for that person he was before. Granted, it's up to you if you want to give him grace. If you want to say no, fuck him forever. Like, yeah, you don't have to like him or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you are the kind of person who listens to problematic people anyway, why not mm-hmm. listen to the person who at least has apologized right. for? Right. So I think being in that side eye category is not either not recognizing you towing the line of being a cultural appropriator and not apologizing for it because if it was on looks alone then it would only i think only be women in that category because men typically don't you know do things to perform in blackness if they're white because black masculinity the darker darker is more in society seem as more desirable light-skinned guys even like they're seen as more corny and not as desirable than darker skinned men where it's not the same with women if I knew much about white rappers, I might put g Easy in the side-eye category. Yeah, okay, so g Easy would be there. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, I don't know his shit, so I can't say anything. I just also just don't really like I don't, him as a person. I don't, I don't know. know yeah, I don't know what he's like as a person, and I don't know yeah. if he puts on a black set when he raps, so I don't know. I don't know, but you wouldn't put, you know, rest in peace, you wouldn't put Mac Miller or any, or uh, what's his face? Oh, hell no, because Mac um, Miller, to me, if you were Jack rapping, Harlow. I don't really know much about Jack Harlow either. I'm assuming he talks that way. He looks like he grew up around. <laughs> yeah, around around town. 
<laughs> he grew up around the people. So he mm-hmm. it feel when I feel like a white person genuinely talks that way, mm-hmm. genuinely hangs around black people, has been influenced by the culture and they are making things true to what they just know to be true. I don't have a problem with it. So I would put Jack, Jack Harlow, maybe in Mac Miller in the soulful whites category. Yeah, I think because so they got the soul, I guess, where it's like, <laughs> OK, this is you. Mm hmm. I guess Justin Bieber in the side eye pending. I just don't understand why, why, why currently he would be there when it's like, what has he done? Other than this whole, I want to make R and B music. Why is R and B music something that white people can't say they want to make? That's yes, I think I see that. I and I also would have to say, um, you know, re- check this before I say it for sure. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Didn't he have like clips from the "I Have a Dream" speech on his? Oh yeah, he album? did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like that is he like did. he didn't that- need to do all that. He didn't have to do it. It wasn't good. I listened to the album and I was like, this didn't need to be in here. <laughs> so but that I, alone is not a, cri- that's just one criterion. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. I just kind of look at it as like, he's dumb. Like white people are dumb and like, they don't yeah. really know the nuances of race and what's offensive and what's not. And on top of that, he's Canadian. So I don't know how much of our civil rights was like held <laughs> as Lanza, that's super important to them. Like he probably kind of knew about Martin Luther King, but did he hear the speech every year in January? Like we did. Did he watch my friend Martin though? Did that's he have not. to watch my friend Martin? No. So he probably don't really, he didn't feel that impact we felt as kids to teens watching Mm -hmm. 16 year old Martin Luther King go back in time to take that bullet for our our sins (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say the color friendship and now my friend he didn't watch the color friendship so he don't know so he don't know so you know hey I I let that go too. Again, like I also don't depend on I'm not a fan of Justin Bieber I think I thought the album was good I thought it was good I thought he sounded good you know, I was at your house when we watched him perform yeah. Intentions live. And I was like, it's good. Oh, Intentions is not on my running playlist. So I'm not going to act like, oh, Justin Bieber, he's, you know, canceled. Yeah, she doesn't hate him. Yeah. Or anything. And we watched him dance. And I was like, okay, <laughs> he's got rhythm. He can dance. Right? No, it's and true. Again, yeah. people who are influenced by the culture, he's out there, uh, Flicking the wrist or whatever they say. Oh God, I sound bad now. Um, <laughs> whipping. He's whipping. Anyways, whipping. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> he's dancing like black people do, and he's not bad. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm like appreciating the culture, but he's not Gucci down to the socks with like fifty chains on and gold mm-hmm. teeth and sunglasses on and talking Basically about like a wigger or whatever. Yeah, he's not trying to be like fake future or anything. Like he's literally just finding his own lane being inspired by the culture. And that's what I mean when I say mm-hmm. okay, you're fine. Right. You know who else? Before we go into the black fishing people, have you heard of the song like um understood the assignment? <laughs> no. I mean I've I've heard there's a song like that. I didn't look for it. It was a white girl who sang that song. And I, I heard that. Video. I did not know that. And she just looked like a, a white girl. Like she didn't, wasn't, she wasn't performing as black. She was just acting mm-hmm. white. And I was like, oh. Did you know that some white people think that black slang is just popular slang? Yeah. Or they think it's like internet slang. Only. Yes. Was yeah. that a TikTok or something? Where some white, per- some white person was like, these are not, that's not black slang. That's just internet slang. Yeah, and I'm like, that white girl. Who do you think that? creates what's I popular know. on the 
And that's what I'm talking about with commodifying black culture and only using it because it's trendy because they don't even see it as blackness. They see it as, oh, it's popular. Like I saw this other TikTok that was like, no one would be wearing Crocs if black people weren't wearing them. It's like, that's facts. That is facts. People are wearing Crocs now because black people started wearing them again. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm just glad we've gotten to a point where we can all admit that. And I feel like most people of other races can admit that. Like, yeah, I mean, is rap not now pop because black people don't y'all kind of want to do rap and you want to learn how to millie rock and do all that shit because it looks cool because black people are doing it. Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about Iggy Azalea and the uh, she's in the uh, she's in the side eye category because the black scent. I can't yeah. say anything about the surgeries because I don't care. Like, oh, yeah. I don't care that she got a bunch of stuff done and she now has a big butt. Her butt looks good. I haven't seen her butt in a while. She's been having that butt for a long time, though. Maybe. I feel like right? you got to you gotta redo the butt. Like, uh, so often got to get it retuned. Yeah. yeah, I think so. You know, no, I found, you I found that out about boob Rain jobs, it. too. Like, when you get your boobs done, you have to get them rotated, like, every six months to a year. <laughs> No, seriously, like you have to when you get these surgeries, it's not a okay. I'm done. I paid them off. It's a yeah, now you need to come back. And then when you get like if it's a butt like a fat transfer, like where they inject stuff into your butt, you got to go back and like get it adjusted or you don't just get it done once. And you're like, I'm good. Like, yeah, you go back. They got to make sure it didn't stiffen or harden. And they got to like, I mean, sometimes it settles weird. Like you got to I don't know. I don't know. But you got to go back. All that to say her body looks great. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with any women getting their butts done to have a fatty like we kind of all want one but um yes <laughs> it's the black scent for me mm-hmm. because she does not sound she sound she's australian right that's the one thing see people like iggy azalea and to a lesser extent like miley back in 2014 mm-hmm. these are the people that i don't agree with my non-black friends about because they love these people because they're doing shit that black people do and they're they feel like and they're good at it yes so i go hard for her i knew girls in college who they don't like rap at all but they fucked so heavy with iggy azalea because it's like look at a white girl like me and she's one of the top rappers in the game i like her music and it's like, you don't think it's funny that you don't know any black rappers music. You don't listen to black women rappers at all, but a white girl does it. And now you're like trying to right. listen. And she doesn't sound like that. She's putting on an accent. Yes. She literally sounds the opposite of black when she talks in her normal life. She has a right. fucking thick ass Australian accent mm-hmm. and then puts on an Atlanta trap rapping accent. Mm-hmm. That is literally black scent. It's like black face for your voice. And that is cool to y'all. Nobody is. And she is still doing it to this day. And she still has a lot of gay fans. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if there's anybody who will kind of overlook racist, uh, problematic shit, the gays will. They they will. They Mm -hmm. love a cute girl who has visuals they like. And especially if she's gorgeous, they don't give a fuck what she says. Um, So to me, I'm always going to be like, that is a black scent. And I mean, that's why I almost sometimes it's hard. I'm like, because as a black person, you will always have non-black friends who go up for someone and you ha- point out how that person is kind of racist. Mm-hmm. And they give you the. I know. Oh, oh, well, uh, I still like them. And it's always like a minor betrayal, like a 
oh, my my non-black friend still likes people who are racist. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can separate the art from the artist. Shut up. Okay. The Eat racism that. is part of the art. Exactly. You're not separating anything. You literally just don't care. You don't like, care. Exactly. If you told me that some artist was racist against Mexicans, Koreans, what other ethnicity and ethnicity of friend I have, I would be like, oh, okay. You're explaining to me how this is offensive mm-hmm. and not in just some roundabout. Oh, you know, she wore Chinese slippers or she has a photo of herself with like, you know, the kimono and chopsticks in her hair from like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. It's not something like that. It's like a literal like she put on a fake accent like she's from my country and she literally is not even my ethnicity at all. Right. I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I like it. Like, like I, I still like them anyway. Stay mad. And like, that's, I, I feel like we don't get the same shit in return. Like black people are often mad for other people as well as how we're mad for ourselves. Yeah. But we don't get that solidarity back where other people mm-hmm. are like, damn, we're mad about this shit, too. They are racist towards black. Anyways, that's a whole other tangent. But right. Yeah. POC you, solidarity is a whole topic to discuss. That's why sure. I don't like the, the term bi- BIPOC. BIPOC, yeah, I know. I'm like, we're not together on anything. <laughs> like, and I feel like some people use the term because they're just afraid to say black. They just are scared to say It's black. like people who just say people of color when it's like yeah, you're talking they're talking about black people. You're talking about black people. Because if you saw a group of Asian people, you would say, oh, these people of color here. It's like, no, you would say, you know, right. Asian. So. And most non-black people of color only refer to themselves as people of color when they're talking about being disadvantaged but they really don't view themselves as that whereas black people we're always like we were colored from the jump right Right. like we're always going to be people of color but Mm -hmm. like y'all are only people of color when the name of our race is literally a color yeah you're only people of color when you're a victim and you want to be like they're so mean to us people of color uh, we got to maybe do an episode one day about like there's a lot of nuances about this for sure yeah about not about non-black people of color fragility Mm -hmm. where if you bring up to somebody who's not black but they're a person of color Mm -hmm. about how they don't have it that bad or they have privilege Mm -hmm. they will quickly get so defensive and be like Mm -hmm. they hate us too white people don't want to see me win either you don't think i said that you don't think think i get judged for my accent or for my last name you think white people accept me and it's like yeah bitch they kind of do they kind of do and and i'm not gonna sit here and fight with you on that because it wasn't an argument how is it an argument why is yeah why is this even a discussion like you were talking to a black person telling me they hate me too to the same extent right it is places with me it's the nuance of like, I literally got into it minorly with a friend, like mm-hmm. sounding out these words <laughs> of mine, because just talking about if you're a light skinned Latina, aka white Latina, you don't think that white people kind of look at you in more acceptance mm-hmm. than they do like darker skinned brown skinned Latinos or black people like you don't know what it's like to walk into a room and have nobody smile at you or be nice to you or for people to immediately find you intimidating or for people to not want to help you like to people to for people to not see themselves in you like I, I think when you're in that privileged group you don't notice little things like how white people can be nice to you for no reason you just think oh people are like you know that's just people but it's like but if you were 
darker skinned or if you were just black like do you think you would still fit in and it's weird to me how other ethnicities that get to be so pale but they're not white Mm -hmm. how they don't notice like if I'm in a group of white people and we all basically got the same skin color like you don't think that has an effect socially Mm-hmm. versus somebody else who comes in and they have darker skin than everybody else mm-hmm. or they have a radically different texture like you don't think that has any it's just weird to me how they don't like to think about that but I mean to me I just liken it to like I have privilege in different ways if somebody right. disabled or somebody mm-hmm. plus size try to tell me like you don't think people are nicer to you you don't think you have it easier I wouldn't be like they hate me too girl right would- exactly <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It fucking sucks. That's ha- shitty. Yeah, because it does not benefit me to be in denial about something. What you know? is? Yeah, it's like a weird, like, yeah. I it's it's just this weird. I guess nobody wants to feel like white people like them because then they don't get to be a victim or something. I don't know what it is, but I run into mm-hmm. it a lot here in Austin. Just like, yeah. just in general with like non-black people who not every person I've friends who totally get it and they will shut the fuck up (laughs) if I talk about anything like that but there are some friends who will be defensive and I'm like Mm -hmm. no no honey what is you doing right because that tells me a lot that really does tell me a lot because I could not imagine going up to somebody as an able-bodied person and them sharing with me their struggles and me being like well I'm black so you don't know what it's like it's like as if intersectionality doesn't exist right like you can't be all of these different Mm -hmm. identities and have them all be oppressed again so okay so we kind of talked about black fishing so let me move on to uh, so we've kind of touched on justin bieber i guess talking about in the media so like to me chet hanks who is tom hanks's uh illegitimate child (laughs) i'm like where did this guy come from who feels like he can do jamaican patois and it's no big deal it's fun it belongs to everybody what is that jazz movie with ryan gosling La La Land? Yes. I could. I was like, Moonlight? <laughs> like, oh, it's not Moonlight. Moonlight. <laughs> I just remembered Moonlight because Moonlight won and La La Land yeah, got yeah. their, they got their asses on stage like, ah, we in this house. And then they like got kicked off. So <laughs> yeah. So to me, I think of Chet Hanks and I think of La La Land together because I remember being at these white people's houses and one of them was a white Latino. These white Latino men. Be- Anyways, he was like, I was looking through his movie collection. We started talking about La La Land. I was like, I just didn't like, I never watched it. And I'm not going to, because I don't like the idea of this story where jazz is the heart and soul of the movie. And it's about how this white man thinks like he has a better take on jazz than the black people who've been doing it or something. Mm. And he was like, why does anything belong to anybody? Like, why can't we all just do anything? And I was like, oh, this man is sunk. Like, what? I don't know why you feel this way. He thinks he's white, white. Like, he don't know that he's still, like, a minority, technically. That is like, so yo. sad. And so that's, I want to talk about that. How This idea that, oh. like, certain things don't belong to people. And maybe to some people, this will sound like contradicting what I said about why can't Justin Bieber do R&B? Our, Justin Bieber didn't say... I can bring to the table for R&B what nobody else has. Right. I, I see something. I need to revolutionize it. I think he just listened to a lot of R&B and he's like, I like that sound. So let me just mm-hmm. do that. I don't think that there's a problem with somebody. There are white jazz artists. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, yeah. But when you make a movie and the backdrop is something like jazz, that to me is like making a movie. I guess you could compare it to 8 Mile, but I won't because I like 8 Mile. 
Oh man. That's different yeah. though, because Eminem was basically playing himself. Right. I can't even, dude, I've never watched the amount. They do it a lot, actually, though. They will make like a, a rap movie. There's another one with another white dude. I didn't watch it. Step he used up to. Two? No, like he was on like, I think he was on like Allie and AJ. What's that show? Austin and Allie. These are shows oh, that were past Allie my time. These shows are past my time. They're yeah. like 10 years behind me. But this, there's a rap movie with some redheaded freckle faced white dude and he wants to rap. And, uh. and that's different though. Cause I'm like, he didn't come from that culture. He's from like fucking Disney or something. Like, yeah. and so that movie i'm like no so like don't make movies about rap or jazz and it's the main character is a white man Mm -hmm. who's like i deserve a space here and i need to come in and point of the movie will be about how i'm better than all these black people around me Mm -hmm. i'm gonna win this competition and beat out all the black people like Mm -hmm. a mile is different because it's like eminem is that's eminem like he's literally already made music as eminem mm-hmm. he's rapping like himself he talks like he raps mm-hmm. this is his life story very similar to it like it doesn't feel like cosplay or putting on an outfit and the point of the movie did not feel at all like it was to be like this white man who's better than all these black people whereas la la land is like the context of the movie of this white man being successful using like i've never seen la la land because i can't speak to yeah you, disclaimer we are talking about a movie we did not watch <laughs> And who hasn't? And I will never stop. Her. <laughs> never. We can't be stopped now. <laughs> like La La Land. Yes, this movie that I never saw. At least my deep analysis against them. <laughs> Uh, I never saw anybody not say, though, that that was what it was, that it was about a white dude who had ideas about jazz. Now he could be good at it or better than people or that he could revolutionize it. Right. And I'm like, no. And then like John Legend is like just his friend or something. He's like, I was like, why couldn't the movie star John Legend and Ryan oh. Gosling be the friend? Like is the white because there has to be the black sidekick seer with the wisdom who has the all the <laughs> knowledge of the man. The white guy comes and like drinks from his well of knowledge halfway through the movie. And then can you can can you imagine if a star is born, but it was like Bradley Cooper doing R&B? <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, see how that's ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Why is La La Land not? It's not ridiculous because to white people, jazz is like, ooh, that doesn't belong to black people. That was so long ago. I mean, nowadays you go to any freaking jazz department at any school. It's like 80 percent white people. Like, Oh, yeah, exactly. White dudes yeah. love jazz. They, they love, love jazz. No and so you and jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for them, that's why. To them, it's they can see a movie like La La Land and be like, yeah, we see ourselves like, yeah, that's me. Like, yeah, that's a white people thing, because now they have so they've overwhelmed the space so much that they don't remember that there was a time where it was like, no, that was the black genre and black Mm -hmm. people did it. And so my thinking is like, this is what they're doing to our shit (laughs) is like the more of them that get to do stuff. And we're like, cool. And this, again, is kind of contradicting what I said. But but I think like, ultimately, oh, sorry. The more of them that do stuff and we're like, yeah, anybody can do this. And then it's like in 30 years, what is the genre going to look like? Because as we've seen, when white people do it, they get so much more money because mm-hmm. white people overwhelm the whole demographic of the U.S. very least. And so when white people have more people and more buying power and they're like, oh, we like white people more than y'all. 
oh, we can finally start listening to rap music because Iggy Azalea is doing it. Oh, we got some white rappers, some white men rappers. I love G-Eazy because I don't like any of these black people doing rap. That's what happens. They outlast all the black people. Then before you know it, everybody's like, oh, that's not a black genre. Right. Rock and roll. Country music. Yeah. House music, disco music, all of this stuff. And I think like what this question of like, well, everything's up for grabs, right? It's a free world and I can do whatever. I think it's only when something is seen as desirable by white people or white adjacent people or whatever, that's when they want it. When it's something that they don't want, they don't care for it. They weaponize it. They villainize it. They even pathologize it and make it seem like it's undesirable. Nobody wants this. This is gross. But once they see that they can benefit from it, and they can profit off of it, then it's desirable. And that's why it's like, oh, everything's up for grabs. Like, no, because it's if it's some if it's a if it was something, if there was an aspect about black culture that was seen as pathology pathological and not desirable, why isn't that up for grabs? Right. And once right. it becomes up for grabs, then everybody can have it. So See, I, I think thought- it has to do with come on, it has to do with money. And it has to be, it has to be like, how can we benefit from this? It's always about that. It's not for the sake of the art, truly. Yeah. I think it's to make money off of it. See, I thought of fat asses when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, weren't big asses like the insult? Like it was yes. ugly and gross. And then People all put of a on sudden- display in zoos for having giant butts <laughs> and things like that. And it was like a big joke. The cutting- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now it's something that if you're not yeah. built like a Ford F-150, what are you doing? Yeah. Now every white woman wants a BBL. They want mm-hmm. the, they want a fatty because J-Lo and Beyonce made it cool. Or, I don't J-Lo. know. J-Lo. Beyonce has a big butt. I don't think her butt is real either. We won't get into. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that. We won't get into the Beyonce uh, theories. I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's just it's very honestly kind of disgusting to witness and mm-hmm. that's why i wanted to talk about this just because there is a line where you're like where i can say like this is not something i have a problem with white people doing or other people doing like i don't mind soulful whites mm-hmm. i don't mind people who appreciate the culture i don't mind white people rapping or singing r&b but i have an issue when you change something about yourself completely inauthentically so that you can thrive in it like when you put on a black scent when you darken your skin when you put on a kinky curly wig Mm -hmm. and start wearing baggy pants and bandanas and riding low rider bikes and you're you're english like this is what do you know about this like why would you do this things like that to where i'm like you're not respecting the culture. You're just trying to put it on like a costume, like it's cute. And then you'll do the Miley Cyrus thing, which is in a few years when you're tired of it, be like, oh yeah, that wasn't me. I'm back to right. my white girl shit. Right, exactly. And you'll de- demonize and be like, I don't want to even participate in that lifestyle, that culture anymore because of this, that, and the third. And it's like, but you were happily doing so before. And I think I'm a little more militant about it with certain aspects. For example, Afrobeats, right? That mm-hmm. is of genre. Mm-hmm. Afro pop, Afrobeats, all that stuff that is with a certain culture and it's proper within mm-hmm. a certain, it has become way more trendy now, especially yes. in the past like five years than it had before. And I saw this like video of like these UK white rappers that were doing Afrobeats and like performing and that type of stuff. <laughs> and it's because it's popular. Back when they were calling African immigrants or even African people in Africa, African booty scratcher this, you stink this, you ride a monkey to school that. It was not desirable. It did not make any money. And that's why they were not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that was worth their time, worth their energy, mm-hmm. worth their, 
you know, investment. But now Essence is like the number one song wherever. Everybody wants to be Burner Boy. Everybody wants to be this. Now this is something that white people are not even just enjoying, but mm-hmm. taking a part in and commodifying. And that's, I think that's what we need to gatekeep, but that's me being militant. How did you feel about Justin Bieber being on that song? Whichever I didn't, song. yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, like, I What's, mean- Whose song was it? Wizkid. So if Wizkid asked Justin Bieber to be on a song, is Justin supposed to say no? Because he's like, that's not my culture. Or... Well, that's that's another thing, too. It's like he was on Despacito as well. And he was out there saying tacos, burritos. Oh, my Atlanta. And they asked him to be on the song. So I'm right. like, you, but that's, you asked, because... you invited that shit. But I mean, if Wizkid out of nowhere was like, I want Justin Bieber to be on my song, he sends his people to talk to them. And he's like, well, no, because who's Wizkid? I don't know. But because that song was super popular, it benefited Justin and it benefited him. So there was money to be made. Right. There's That's the industry, though. That's the industry. So yeah. is Justin, like, wrong, is what I'm asking, for doing the song? No, because it's the industry. But I think it's just frustrating that the industry will do things like this because of money. I think they we got to gatekeep our own shit. So like, yeah, if you're doing a song and you want it to pop, you have to have some level of integrity where you're not like, I'm going to ask this blonde haired, blue eyed boy from Canada to to hop on my completely ethnic song that's specific to my culture because he has millions of followers. They do it, you know, it's like from a money standpoint, I would be stupid if I was sitting in the boardroom and being like, no, the whole room would just look at me like, what? What? I would say no. <laughs> I feel like, like we can. Me that's how we're gonna get paid. Like, well, I if you're doing uh, like so for Afrobeats, I'm like, you couldn't at least just get a black artist. You didn't have to find a popular like African artist. You could have found just somebody black. They could have gotten. I mean, maybe they could. Maybe they couldn't have gotten Drake, but maybe they could have gotten somebody black. Mm-hmm. And for Despacito, y'all could have gotten somebody Latin. Why didn't you get Selena Gomez on that? Like. <laughs> They, I think it's it's crossover. It's like, how did we like? How can we get into the white market? That because that is the most profitable market. You could get into the white market with Selena Gomez and Drake, right? Yes, but maybe some. I think some. I don't know. I'm not universal. I don't think Justin Bieber is as powerful as people think anymore. Mm. Maybe I'm lying. Let me look. If I looked at the numbers, I mean, Despacito did numbers, and I don't know. I don't know about that Wizkid song with uh, Justin Bieber because I haven't heard it. But I don't know the remix. I'm not sure. I don't think it did as well as the original, but I think it's it would have done good still if they got just some popular black artists, not like somebody lower level, but somebody who's black and somebody black. on If they got like Chris Brown, like I'm pretty sure people like people like Chris Brown, dude. Sadly, sadly, you know, I'm good. I've I've let the Chris Brown thing go like I I can't keep holding on to this disdain for someone that I don't even care about. I literally don't care. I don't listen to his music. Mm-hmm. I don't like his music, though. It has nothing to do with what he's done. I just don't like his aggressively sexual music. And I don't really even like his voice that much. I don't. But, I just know that he can flip. And I don't. I haven't seen him flip in a minute. So. I hear he black flips all the time at his shows. Really? He's on coke, <laughs> His back just of course. Right. <laughs> He's so It fuels him. <laughs> a little jumping bean he like snorts some crank and of course he's doing backflips on the <laughs> stage but on the rafters <laughs> but yeah no there's i mean they could have found somebody else what is, what is, what is your mental health tip of the week my mental health tip so my mental health tip is 
a little similar to that about, well, actually maybe not so much, but it has to do with thoughts because all I know how to do is think. Um, but as opposed to what I've been talking about a lot before with like cognitive behavioral theories perspective, um, this idea is based on acceptance and commitment therapy act, um, where you want to really focus on how these thoughts that you have, especially the negative ones, um, can be unhelpful in different certain times. And this is an exercise called leaves on a stream that's based on mindfulness. So one of the tenets of acceptance and commitment therapy is using mindfulness to kind of be present in the situation and not let these thoughts that you have basically take over your life. Cause in CBT, you want to challenge the thoughts that you have. Um, because a lot of the times negative thoughts are not true. They're based in a lot of different things and we can challenge them with a the th- with a thought that's more helpful with, ACT or ACT, you want to be, actually no one calls it ACT, that's a test. With ACT, you want to be able to notice these thoughts that you're having and then be able to just kind of let them go. And using the leaves on the stream exercise is a way to do this. So to do this, um, you want to kind of visualize that you're resting on the side of a stream. We're in Texas. I don't know. I guess there's streams in Texas, right? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I don't get out. <laughs> Just like no, they, the water are, at North Park Mall or something. I don't there's know. there's water in Austin. I know that. Yeah, go to <laughs> Barton Creek or whatever. Find a quiet place free of distractions. Sit or lie down in a comfortable position. You can close your eyes or you can kind of just gaze and stare at the wall in front of you, whatever, and just start taking really deep and slow breaths. And as you're doing this, you're kind of visualizing a stream in front of you or literally looking at one if you're there. Um, The scene can look however you like. Just use all your senses to imagine that you're there and just really focus focus on the stream, focus on the stream or whatever thing that you're looking at that gives you peace. And when distractions enter your mind, like thoughts or feelings, and if you're in a state of like, you know, negative feelings or negative thoughts, those thoughts and feelings might be negative. Take a moment to just like notice them without judgment and just be like, okay, I noticed that I'm having this thought. And after you observe it, you're visualizing the stream, pretend that the thought is literally on a leaf on the stream and just watch it go past or on a leaf in this body of water and watch it go past and treat all your thoughts and feelings of the same, whether they're comfortable. So if it's literally like, I want to have tacos for dinner. I noticed I had that thought. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm letting it go. You know, literally. Or it's like, okay, so that could give you in that practice. And then it's like, okay. But this is for anxiety. It can be for anxiety. Or, or is it just a practice? Just any thoughts you have? It's for anxiety and depression, but you want to mm-hmm. practice with any thoughts because you want to uh... treat them all the same. You know, especially within the, within this context, because you just want to be able to notice that the thoughts that you're having, and if you treat a nonsense thought or a non-remarkable thought with a really anxious thought the same, it reduces the power that that anxious thought has over you because you're treating it like tacos or my favorite food or something. And, you know, the goal is just to become aware of the experience, not to change or improve it. And just kind of allow the thought to thought to pass through you. And that's leaves on the stream. So do you have any tips for like how you can slow down racing thoughts? Because whenever I am anxious, I'm not able. I was even kind of thinking I should be thinking, you know, oh, I'm anxious right now. Oh, notice it. Oh, but like you get all <laughs> of these thoughts that come so quickly and all these negative voices that it's it's hard to be like to take them one at a time and notice them. I don't know. Sometimes those voices can be really loud and fast and it's like a lot. Yes. I would suggest grounding exercises to kind of like turn your brain off from all those thoughts altogether 
where I mentioned this in our first episode. The taste, smell, the taste, and the touch. Yeah, all that stuff. Why can't I remember that shit when I'm going through it? <laughs> it's, I think it's with practice. You, It's good to use them, these skills when you don't need them. That's how the practice happens. Like you use them when you don't need them so that when you do need them, you can have them at your disposal. Another one is to kind of think of like three categories, um, like books, TV shows, cars, and try to list as many of the things as you can in each of those categories. And I used to actually do <laughs> breeds of cars because I don't, I don't know, that was just was helpful for me. So like with cars, like, okay, Torola, Torola, Toyota Corolla, um, Honda Civic, RAV4, whatever, and just kind of like list all that stuff. So you're focusing, because I don't know cars that well. I literally know just mm-hmm. those two um, and things like that. Another thing that's helpful is kind of just focusing on different parts of your body and moving them one at a time. So if you're standing still, like standing still and like just focusing on your feet and then wiggle all your toes and your feet, move your knees back and forth, kind of move your arms one at a time, press your palms together and just notice how that feels, things like that. These are really good tips. I'm going to try to remember the listing things tips because that tip, I feel like I, yeah, that lists are my shit. I, yeah. I might be good at that. Movies, famous people, cereal. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I'm going to try to keep that in mind. Um, my deep think of the week is just going to be that album, that EP <laughs> by Jojo, trying yeah. not to think about it. So the anxiety song, which at first I thought was about a guy, but it's literally her singing about anxiety. Like you always show up when it's inconvenient, always talking loud, fill my head with lies. I don't know. I'm not going to recite all the lyrics, but like <laughs> just to say like those lyrics are so heavy, like tears come to my eyes when I listen to the song when I'm running at the gym or when I'm at home because it's like that is literally the feeling of anxiety it's like this voice that comes at the wrong time and just makes you hate yourself and just Mm -hmm. like fills your head with lies literally lies and it's like suffocating and so she really put her foot in this album just like it's almost all of it it's all about like uh, mental health in relationships for the most part the song Spiral Season Mm -hmm. A that that's for us who have to deal with seasonal affective disorder. Ugh, yes. It's that time of year where you start <laughs> staying in bed and feeling depressed and being like, oh, everything sucks. Anxiety and depression hit me very hard once the sun starts. Is it setting early and rising late? Yeah, maybe that's yes. it. Yes. When it's, it's colder, when that fall chill hits the air, I'm like, puts finger out in the air oh yes it's time (laughs) and then i literally like go and stay in bed under the covers i looked up seasonal affective disorder yeah again just to make sure that when i say that i have it that i wasn't like just lying (laughs) and it literally is like yes when it comes to like typically winter but like can be other seasons like you end up in bed most of the time you fill your mouth with food (laughs) Like you have more depressed thoughts, you have lower energy. I'm not quoting the Wikipedia article directly, <laughs> but that is what I deal with. Like I, a certain time of year, every year, I am like miserable. And so her song Spiral Season, I was like, yes, I feel so seen. Her song Lift uh, is very good. It's kind of just about just needing help at a time when you are feeling down. And then I really like the song Dissolve a lot. That's about relationships or whatever but she really see this is what i like like r&b for me is harder to listen to nowadays because there is this idea that everything has to be so sexual now i know i know 
it's got to be about rubbing and bumping and can you give mm-hmm. it to me like I want it and girl ooh, I'm gonna split your pennies to the side and do this like it it's like people only know how to sing about sex or turning up and having a good time which right there's, there's a place for everything like absolutely no but those are the only two situations that that like light a fire in you there's so much in life to sing about and most people only sing about that when it comes to Mm r&b so with her literally singing about mental health she worked with some amazing producers like uh, the song uh spiral season i believe the producer produced butter with bts oh Um, wow the 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 duo, the producer duo that produced Anxiety, I believe, uh, work. He's worked with like Haley Steinfeld and like other white pop artists. But she, I'm just saying, like, she has her, she's under her own label now. I think she has a distribution deal or something with a big label. But oh, okay. Basically, this kind of stuff is coming out of her own pocket, I believe. And so for her to be able to land big producers, and I think she said the difference between an EP and an album is money. And she just didn't have the budget to create mm-hmm. an album. And I, I would see her on Twitter, like, saying, oh, I would love to perform one of these songs for a late night show. And I'm like, nobody's reached out. I know that's weird that nobody has said like hey yeah you can sing come you have a huge following anyways the EP is number one or was number one last week on the R&B charts and I just think it's amazing so I would say if you are like me listen to that album especially coming with spiral season coming up so that's our episode Woo! Hey, episode eight accomplished. We are two hours in. <laughs> so My goodness. I wow. wonder what I will cut it down to. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> um, you might miss that whole Real Housewives rant. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn, really? <laughs> no, no. I think I'll keep some of it in. I was really mad about that Beverly Hills shit. I was like, these bitches. I was like, if I was there, I would have been like, do you want it with me, Doreen? Do you want it? Mm. Do you want to go there? Bitch, you are the least interesting person on this show. Like, do you really want to start something with me for a storyline? Like, oh, they tried to Garcelle. I was just like boiling. Like the way they talked to her. I'm like, I've never fought, but I might have had to threaten some hands. Wow. To throw. Like I might have, I might have been like, I will literally kick your ass to read. <laughs> I need to check a clip of this out because the passion. Oh my uh, God. If you look up the hashtag Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's all anybody's talking about. Okay. (laughs) But you would have to watch the season to see. I mean, what just got me even more angry is the, do you understand? Mm. Oh, I was like, is it? I don't, in real life, I don't like people asking me if I understand. I'd rather someone say like, um, okay, you like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? I'd rather someone say like, you know what I mean? Or like, um, is that cool or something as opposed to being like, do you understand? I was like, oh, does that make sense to you? dummy i can understand everything you're saying yes right 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 so like yeah word choice just in general but the way she said it with the enunciation on do you understand i would have been like (laughs) who does this bitch think sweetheart i'll do something make sure you that you know that i do she think she's talking to me because i i know this bitch is not talking to me you can't be talking to me like (sighs) i i literally and garcelle just like lets them do it anyways i'm gonna get mad again so (laughs) see y'all next week for another uh, it's next yeah next week yes yes next week see y'all next week bye bye